0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and uh, episode number 31, trucking Along, Uh, com. There are great partners in this endeavor, and uh, I want you to check out their website. They've got a ton of great stuff. Uh, i 've been particularly enjoying the more in depth reviews that they 've been doing uh on you know new releases and what have you they 've been doing that for a while, but um I definitely like how they dissect records and obviously it gives you a it paints a better picture than just you know reading whatever a sentence or two uh about a record because uh in this day and age, there are so many damn records that are coming out. It's difficult to be able to differentiate what you should listen to and what you should dedicate your time to. Um, So yeah, propertyofzack.com. Visit it up. News, reviews, interviews, features, all that stuff. So go there. Um, Yes, review the show on iTunes. Uh, I haven't been checking recently, but uh, I, I think we're getting close to about 70 reviews, and that's awesome. So keep those coming. Uh, and, and also visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com. You can uh, keep up with me and the show, uh, in between the shows, you know, Tuesday to Tuesday, because I only post one new show a week. Um, so yeah, you can kind of, you know, check out what other shit is happening in my life in regards to music I'm liking, movies I'm liking, whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, check that out. And uh, before we get into this week's guest, I just wanted to uh, talk about some other things like uh, the election. We all experienced the unite, well, not everybody, because I presume some of you do not live within the confines of the United States of America, but I'm sure you are aware of the fact that we had our presidential election recently. And um, it's funny because leading up to it, it's like, you know, it's. It's obviously such a rat race where people feel like they're almost beaten down to a point of where it's like, just let me vote and let me get out of here. Um, Not even so much about the process, but just obviously all of the campaigning and political ads and everything that we are now subjected to. And maybe it's just because I'm more cognizant of all that, but, you know, leading up to all of the previous elections that I've been aware of, um, you know, which have been about four or five, um, you know, I, I definitely am, I just don't know what to think of the whole process because You have, on one hand, people that argue that the popular vote should be the one that uh, dictates who the president should be. Then you have uh, the electoral college that says, obviously, this is a tried and true system and it shouldn't be bucked. Um, And then there's obviously just so much divisiveness when it comes to certain issues. And it's cool that at least we're obviously having discussions about all these things um, and I personally believe, and I I mentioned this on a previous show um, a long time ago, that I think more people are identifying with the fact that they, you know, whether they're conservative, liberal, whatever label that you want to put on yourself, uh, you know, I'd like to kind of, especially within the people that I know, they're more issue-oriented when it comes to politics. I know my own personal beliefs, um, you know, they definitely tend to lean more liberal, but then there's a lot of stuff that I also agree with on, you know, on the, the conservative side of things, whether it's like the death penalty whether it's, um, you know, taxes, whatever, you know, um, there's a lot of things that uh, I just find myself looking at the issue and then feeling and then going with what I personally feel is right, regardless of whether or not this is the party line, so to speak. And I think more and more people are, are identifying with that um and i think it's uh personally i think it's a more responsible approach because uh that way you're not just uh you know reacting to the the color of whatever issue may be presented um because you know sometimes people just blindly walk forward and obviously don't really question why it is they believe what they believe and i think at the core of it that's all that we can do as humans um and that's part of our experience as we're sorting through all of these insanely nuanced and complicated issues. Um, because there is, there's, there's not so much black and white. There's a lot of gray area. Um, and not to say that people should ride the fence on every single issue because obviously that will get nothing done. Um, but yeah, so needless to say, I I am pleased that we uh, elected the person that we did. When I say we, that does give me a sense of pride. I love going to vote. I love the process behind that. Um, whereas, I mean, I remember I think when I first voted, uh, gosh, I can't remember exactly the first presidential election I voted in, uh, but I definitely was super excited. You know, when I once I turned eighteen that I could vote, um, and I think uh, some of that gets lost. Um, on younger generations. Uh, people are aware of it, um, but I definitely don't know if the sense of enthusiasm is there. And if it is, then that's awesome. And I hope that that continues um, because there's obviously so many places throughout the world that obviously don't have the luxuries that are afforded to us. Uh, and I just think that we need to you know, keep that at the forefront of our minds when we're obviously participating in these democratic elections. Whether or not that you think a, a vote makes a difference or whether or not you uh, conscientiously object to voting, um, you know, I get those points. But at the same time, I, I think you should uh, let your voice be heard, even if you feel that's just a drop in the puddle, drop in the pond, so to speak. So anyways, I'll get off my high horse. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to address that because I do think that's Uh, obviously in the independent culture that we immerse ourselves in, whether it's art, music, whatever, um, there's always political statements that are made, um, whether it is directly towards politics or whether it's towards personal politics. Um, And I think that people should be educated and obviously care about that and not become apathetic because that's obviously when our society will get in trouble, when people are apathetic and they just simply don't care um, and that obviously is what you see with a lot of places where, whether it's certain age groups or certain demographics that they just simply don't care. But anyways, the interview, my guest is one of my best friends, Joey Cahill. He does a music festival with me called Sound and Fury. And, uh, more importantly, he runs a label called 6131 Records, uh, puts out, I mean, you, you probably name one band within the modern hardcore scene, and he's probably worked with them in some way, shape, or form. Touche More, Strife, Hard Side, The Beautiful Ones, the, the list goes on and on. Joyce Manor, that was another one who I just saw recently. Um, yeah, I've been able to watch him grow this label from, you know, just releasing friend stuff to uh, now. It's, you know, what I would consider a major player within the independent... You know, sort of bedroom one-man operation label game, which obviously is a very large and burgeoning part of the quote-unquote music industry. So, um, yeah, one day after golf, I said it, I played golf. Joey plays golf as well. Uh, we sat down at my house and uh, kind of just talked about a lot of different things. Um, and uh, I was stoked that he, for one, wanted to do that. And for two, uh, you know, felt comfortable enough in opening up to me. Um, and that's what true friends are for and about, right? I think. Anyways, uh, here's the interview. I hope you enjoy. And uh, I'll talk to you
4: after. There's two in particular.
0: Where I mean, one obviously, like, when you and I started to like actually hang out and like get to know one another. I just remember you like buying merch at the Taken booth. Showcase theater <laughs> being like, Hey, I'm Joey. I work at Bionic. And I was like, you're Joey?" Cause like everyone always is like, why don't you know Joey? Like, why haven't you spoken to Joey? And it's so funny. Cause I look back where if social networking existed, yep, we would have probably been friends much sooner. Yeah, It's just funny how that works out where it's like,
3: People actually have to, you used to actually have to meet each other.
0: You're like, oh, like, I, I've heard of you. Like, that's, I mean, I know that still happens, but it happens so much more now. Yeah. It's like, I, I've known about this person for however long, but you just never met him. Yeah. And so I, I thought that was when I was like, oh, that's cool. You like, gave me a bionic discount. I did give you a bionic discount. I, remember, <laughs> I should have just given it to you. Like, yeah. I <laughs> I really, I, it's, it's always so awkward in those positions where it's like, I mean, it's like, you know. Oh. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, you're you're like everybody that obviously comes up to you at Sound and Fury, Joey, ten bucks. Right, it's like I don't know what to charge you. Yeah. Um, so I remember that, and then I remember obviously like once we started to talk on the phone, like because at night just laying on our pillows, right? <laughs> yeah, just stay up to like four in the morning talking about hardcore. Were because weren't we originally supposed to be talking about what each other was
3: ordering and like collaborating? Sh- I can't remember. I'm sure Kelly had some idea. You guys <laughs> should do this. All-, all right. Um. So yeah, I,
0: remember, I mean, I remember that being our first interaction. But then the like where it actually came up. I mean, obvi- I remember seeing at Harbor House with like you and Brandon Bale. And where you were like, hey, you should like, I can't remember if it was like, hey, you should move in or like, would you want to move in? Like, we're look, we have a, a room that's open. Is it Harbor House? I think so.
2: I thought it was or,
3: my remember. or Your remembrance? Yeah, my remembrance <laughs> was when we, after we saw AFI at the Palace or right. whatever. I think Avalon, Avalon maybe. And then we drove to Las Vegas. And I feel like, I thought we talked about it then, but I yeah. could be completely mistaken. We, I, I don't remember.
0: I think for whatever, I remember it that being our first like trip really getting to know one another. Yeah. And,
3: and then, yeah, that's probably right because that was a pretty random. I think that might have been the first time I met Chad also. Yeah. Or like actually hung out with Chad. Right.
0: Um, and because, and I think, because I think you and I were our, like that was our already our plan. Like we were going to move in together because it got brought up before that. But whatever, regardless. Yeah. Like those, I just remember those distinct memories of being like, Oh yeah, like this, you know this this dude seems cool and like legit and like I don't know the idea of introducing friends at like random spots in your life where it's like you know like everyone goes through these transition phases where you kind of like wash out your old friends like just either because you grow apart or whatever and so it's like I remember I remember distinctly thinking where it was like. Huh, like I, I didn't I didn't think that I was gonna transition into like a new best friend or like a, yeah have that come into my life because I was like, Oh I thought I was kinda like not like I thought I was set where it's like i got all my friends. <laughs> I don't I do think I need anybody else. But it was just like weird to have that all transpire and be like, Oh yeah, like this is like really easy and like just yeah, fun obviously and like what gravitates two people towards one another to be able to do. was like,
3: Oh yeah. It's good times.
0: Yes. Do you have like, did you have any, I mean, you've always, well, this is another impression that I've always got of you where it's like you, and tell me if this is something that you agree with, obviously, <clears throat> but the impression that I get of you, is like, you've always sort of illustrated the, the nice guy next door where it was like, you know, like, oh yeah, Joey, like, you know, he can meet my parents. Like if, you know, someone's dating you and like, oh yeah, he can meet my parents. And like, yeah.
3: Totally. Like, I think so. That was always my my gripe with the ladies. <laughs> Is that I was like, "Oh, you're just Joey." This is you know, right? Like high school and college, right? Like, oh, you're you just Joey. You're our friend
0: Joey. You're like, but I, I want to be more than that.
3: Um, yeah. So you were you were easily placed in the friend zone. Oh, I was instant friend zone. <laughs> but I, I like, yeah, no, I always would meet. You know, I would always meet friends' parents. Yeah, I always felt you know, I was polite. I was a yeah. polite kid. Right. You knew my parents did me good. Right.
0: You knew you knew how to interact in different situations where you would because there's a there's a huge difference where I think there's the sort of, you know, guy next door that completely like is forgettable where it's just like, oh, yeah, like that fucking vanilla person. Like, yeah. I don't remember him, but like you would that you would leave an impression and not obviously a negative one where you'd be like, oh, yeah, like Joey, like he
3: seems like a nice guy. Yeah.
0: That's been your MO. That's yeah. I feel so. comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. Besides the female interaction,
3: but it all worked out in the end,
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. You're able to build past that. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I know the answer to these
3: questions. <laughs> so, a few of the beginning questions, but you know, where you were uh, born and raised. I was born. I was technically born in Downey. Okay, but I never lived there. I lived in Long Beach or, and grew up in Long Beach for lived there for 22 years. Yes, before leaving for Huntington Beach, but. Grew up in Long Beach, went to school in Long Beach, went to college in Long Beach. It was all Long
0: Beach, all Long Beach, all the time. Yeah. And the um, what were your when you were first introduced to this world? What were your what were your parents doing at the time, or like what were your first you know sort of memories? Like, because you know people have a certain perception of Long Beach. It's like you know they have the Snoop Dogg, yeah, the well, that's, ghetto area Long Beach. Yeah. I and mean, there's obviously so many different facets to that city.
3: Yeah, I, I lived near the beach. Yeah, in like a, a nice area mm. i mean you know it was close enough to the badder parts of town but it wasn't right it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal right like, i just i grew up there and that's where i lived Did I, you win? i went to high school like i went to elementary school like around my house but i went to middle school in north long beach which was it was in a nicer area but and then ca- high school was i mean snoop dog went to my high school <laughs> like it was in the bad part of town but right it, there was never any problems. Right, I mean, it was, You
0: never, you never felt that sort of air
3: of or no. air of danger in a way. No, not yeah, at all. Yeah. I mean, no. I was. I thought it was great. I didn't even like. Didn't even think about it. And then it was after you know going to college and meeting people from <laughs> not Long Beach, right? Like you, you went to the same high school as Snoop Dogg, right? Oh my, like thinking did you was, carry like, a gap? Yeah, did you yeah. I was some like hard like, right. I was, like? No, I was in the gifted program. I was a nerd.
0: <laughs> and what, what was the? What was the sort of like? the racial breakup of your school, like were you, were you as being a white
3: person, definitely in the minority, or was it kind of an even spread? It was a pretty even spread. I mean, it was a like, I think think that had a lot to do with like, you know, my outlook on life is like, it was a really diverse school, Mm -hmm. which I, you know, I think is very beneficial. And yeah, a lot of people don't experience that. And when, you know, you come to, you know, you go to other parts of the country or come here and it's like, yeah, your mind's blown (laughs) at like, you know, like, these, you know, I don't know. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't even know how to, like, explain it or even think about it just because it's so second nature.
4: Right. Well, it's
0: because like, it's something that you're always used to. And you're yeah. always used to being around, you know, Hispanics, black people. Like, whatever. The you, Yeah. Race, obviously, was never played a part in your own head as far as, like, oh, there's... Like, did you know that there were certain, quote, unquote, divisions? Like, you know, that oh, you... Oh, I mean,
3: you could... Oh, yeah. I mean, the school was really divided. Like, we were in you Know the nerds sat in like you know, I say nerds, I mean, I didn't think I was a nerd, I was really yeah, you were cool, right? But like, you know, we were in the like, you know, the gifted program, and there was like the school was brought broken up into quads, and like we had our like patch of grass for lunch, and then there was like you know, the quote unquote cool kids they had their patch of grass, and like the football players hung out in one corner, Mm -hmm. you know, like so,
0: yeah, the the, those divisions, I mean, like normal high school, yeah, yeah,
3: but it, you know, it wasn't like racially divided necessarily right. right yeah it wasn't
0: wasn't like a, a bad example of a west side story <laughs> no exactly like
3: <laughs> you know i mean we did have dance fights all the time right which is understandable but
0: and that's obviously why you love movies like step it up because it resonates within you because you're like oh i recognize this yeah it's kind of like my high school yeah um and so you uh so what did your parents what did your parents do like as you were kind of you know growing up and sort of and that's one part and then obviously like you you know sports were a big part of your sorry, that is a stupid solicitation call anyways um, so yeah as you were growing up what did your uh, what did your parents do for a profession and then you know what did they how did you feel like your upbringing was in a certain sense as far as like you know you have a younger sister um, and, you know how did that all kind of play itself out as you were
3: uh, my growing up I mean up until my sister was born yeah yeah um, we're seven and a half years apart. So I think one of us was a mistake. We'll go oh, a gift. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll go with her though on that one. Uh, sure, sure. My mom was a teacher. And then when she got in Long Beach, she was a teacher. And uh, my dad started a lighting, like a sales rep agency. Oh, okay. Uh, and so when she got pregnant with my sister, she I, essentially, I think she worked in like the administration office for a while and then eventually just moved over to working with my dad where she worked or still works. Yeah. Uh, what did she teach? I didn't know that. <sighs> elementary school? I really don't remember. I, yeah. I think she taught elementary school, but it, I mean, it's so weird to think of my mom as a teacher.
0: Right. Yeah. So you obviously never, there was never a chance where you were going to like have her at no, some point? No. Okay.
3: She taught in like a completely different part of the city. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, I think it was elementary school.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't remember. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah, that's fine. Because you, you were obviously so young, you weren't really... Yeah, I mean, by the time attention. she stopped, it, I... Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, from that, so she started working with my dad uh, when she... My sister came around. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember the second half of the question. Right. No. <laughs> because
0: you, you were, like, sort of your... The family structure that it was, uh, you know, like, how... How were you kind of raised? Like, you know, did they, uh, you know, did you live in a strict household? Was it, uh, you know, what were your memories in regards to that?
3: It was strict to a, not to a certain point. Like, it wasn't, like, overly strict. Like, I wasn't allowed to... Like, if I screwed up, I got in trouble. Right. But it was like, if I was like, I'm going to go play with my friends, it was just like, okay, be back at this time. Got it. And you. if I wasn't, then I got in trouble. But right. It's like, that's my fault. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean it was it was loose but not i mean it wasn't a free for all mm-hmm. of just like you know kids today yes
0: kids these days um, i
3: felt you know i think the way they raised me kind of helped me shape who i am today and mm-hmm. maybe you know actually taught you know how manners I mean play which is maybe why i got the the nice guy rap
0: no i know for know. sure it <clears throat> it is something i mean the the way that you are and the way that i think that it's it's not it, it, i don't think it's emblematic of how a lot of people like of our generation are where it's like the idea of you know manners and just like making sure that even though we are a part of a, a weird subculture that is like you know for as normal and polite as we can act to people that are outside of yeah. that culture and be like oh like even though that dude is you know tattoos up and down his sleeve and you know does weird things at night <laughs> with with bands and music and stuff that they're still some somewhat of a he's not like well adjusted individual. Yeah. And I mean, I think that speaks, people want to be involved with stuff like with, you know, punk hardcore, what have you, especially from the initial like introduction, because it's something that's like inclusive in a way, you know, like once you obviously you get into it further, you realize it's like, oh yeah, there's all these different facets that could be exclusive to it. Yeah. It's like, you want to, you want to be a part of something fun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And obviously like respectable and be like, oh yeah, like I can trust my son or daughter, like, to that because it's like, oh, yeah, like, Joey's into that and he's okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> reasonable. Yeah. Um, and so then your your father passed away at an early, well, how old uh, were you?
3: Seven, I mean, I was a month before my 18th birthday. Right. So, 17, but... 18.
0: Right. <laughs> right, right, right. And so that that is obviously a momentous occasion in a not positive... <laughs> yeah light um because i mean yeah obviously like you know i lost my father when i was 27 so obviously like we've gone through the same things except completely different ages so you were were you a senior in high school
3: uh yes i was a senior Mm -hmm. um yes
0: and so and he he passed away unexpectedly
3: so or you yeah he 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 had an embolism in his heart uh and somehow survived that was in the hospital for a month going through physical therapy because he lost Feeling from the waist down, Uh huh. and then unexpectedly, one day there was an embolism, and and then just, so he died. Yeah, it was, I think a month almost to the day from when he got sick.
0: Oh, is well, okay, got it. Yeah, and so it's like yeah, that initial thing occurred, and then obviously it so was really, I mean, and were... the way
3: we always look at it is like I mean, he should have died that night. You know, so you guys were lucky to. Have and him. it was like that. It was like that month was you know just to, my mom. He always says like that month was to get everything ready. Like, he knew he was going to die, but, like, you know, say his goodbyes and right. get her set up in the business and, you know, all that stuff, so.
0: Yeah. Sort of a transitional phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously still having him present. And so, like, would you, prior to that, like, you know, because obviously, well, not obviously, but it tends to be that, you know, you're either kind of a mama's boy or, like, you know, a daddy's little son or yeah. whatever. Like, who do, did you have a close relationship with one or the uh, other growing up?
3: No, I, I don't think I had a close, like, I think it was... You know, it was relatively the same, like... Yeah. I guess my dad, only because of sports, like, yeah. he would be the one, you know, that would take me to... All your games like, and such. Yeah, all the soccer and baseball games. I mean, my mom would go too, so that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> like, there isn't really one, like... Yeah. I mean, as a guy, I guess I'd say my dad, mm-hmm. but not...
0: Right. It, it, no, it wasn't, like, this clear-cut... No, like, not, oh, yeah. like, yeah. not at
3: all. Like, not at all.
0: And so then, like, as that was... Obviously, as you guys were preparing for that, like, was... Was that difficult for you preparing for him to sort of leave? Or was it one of those things that, like, obviously, like you said, you felt thankful the fact that you could kind of say those goodbyes? Like,
3: I mean, I was shocked. Like, we all, like, we thought, you know, everything was fine and that, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, most likely be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Like, so my mom was starting to make preparations. Know, preparations, like, you know, getting ramps, you know, because yeah, yeah. our house was one story, but it had, like, stairs leading up to the front door. Sure. And, you know, getting everything ready and for him to come home and... Oh yeah, so, so the preparations weren't obviously for him. So passing, then like, right? I mean, I was in class and uh you know, when the guidance counselor came and like pulled me out of class, I was just like, "Huh? Like this yeah. is weird. Like what's happening?" And it's so like, I mean, the second I saw my mom, I knew what happened, but it was like yeah. the last thing I expected. Right. I mean, I talked to him the day before, she talked to him I think that morning. Right. So, yeah. You know, yeah, just
0: obviously, like at that point, it was an absolute shock. And then, did you, uh, you know, like how long did you take off school? And like, how did you, how did you sort yourself through that process to be able to be like, like okay, like this is something like, you know, were you trying to be the sort of rock for your mom, or like what role did you feel that like you were trying to fill within that? Uh, or were you just
3: numb? I was just completely numb. I yeah. took off school for a week, um, but it, and you know, I, I mean, I don't want back school sucks but right yeah <laughs> uh, i just kind of i don't even that whole week is a blur i don't remember anything right i, I vaguely remember the funeral uh-huh. um, and you know a bunch of friends were there but people that i would like there's kids i grew up with and stuff that was like it was lost weird, touch like it was cool they were there but i don't really understand you know mm-hmm. i don't know if they want i think it was on a weekday i don't know if they wanted a day off school yeah, but, yeah yeah uh yeah i don't remember anything Sure, I don't even remember going back to school, and I'm sure it was super awkward because mm-hmm. then I was the, the right
0: the, the guy who lost his, his dad. Sort yeah. Of, Oh yeah, we shouldn't like you mean you treat I, him delicately. Yeah.
3: And it was, so it, it was weird. I yeah. think.
0: When were you? Yeah. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we you and I have never obviously drilled down deep into that scenario, but like the when did you feel like you were able to sort of like come up for air and be, like be able to process a little a little bit more.
3: Uh, on, I mean, honestly, probably the first, probably two, three months after we went to like family therapy mm-hmm. and that was the first time I ever like talked about it. Oh, wow. Uh, so that was, that was probably it. I mean, you know, still to this day, it's, you know, not fun to talk about. Not and at it's all. It's like, I mean, but it's part of, I think what made another reason of like, kind of like who I am today. Right. Just going through that whole experience. But mm-hmm. I mean, I would, you know, obviously take it back. Of course. In, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat yeah, yeah. but You know, I I think that was. That's interesting. So the, I mean, family therapy,
0: like, mate, that makes total sense, like, especially because it's like, obviously every person in the family is affected by something like this. And because, you know, death is obviously such a, I mean, it's a part of life, but like you said, no one wants to talk about. Yeah. And it's like, you need to be in that sort of environment to be like, hey, look, I need to either process this or talk
3: to somebody else about this. And it's like, you know, at 17, 18 years old, like your friends don't want to talk about it. No, yeah. Like, my mom would try to talk about it, but then we would both just probably break down. Right, right. And my sister's 10. Like, she, she's having trouble processing it and, sure. she, you know.
0: And, yeah, and you, guys, and you guys are both trying to, like, look out for her.
3: So, yeah. But you're like, trying to take care of yourself. Yeah, sure. and, not, you know, I kind of got put in this, like, well, you're the man of the house role now. And it's like, I don't fucking want this. That's true. But, I never thought about that. So, it was... It was it was weird. It was it was weird. Yeah. You
0: were sorting through a bunch of different... Yeah. You, you were trying to make yourself all right, but then obviously all these other things and sort of external pressures were throwing itself upon not only you, but I'm sure your mom and your sister yeah. as well. Um, and so like leading <clears throat> leading up to that and obviously going through high school, like from the way that you expressed it earlier, as far as uh, not liking high school, like did you... Did you care about your studies at all? Or was it one of those things you were just kind of coasting through because? Um, you... No, I didn't care. Right. <laughs> like,
3: I I was, I mean, I don't want to get braggy. Yes. I was one of those like kids who's like, <laughs> I don't need to do homework. Right. Like, I would get, you know, I would do minimal amounts of homework, get A's on most of my tests, and get B's in the classes. And it was like, it was enough to get me into college. Right. You're like, this is a good pattern. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was like, it was fun because yeah. I didn't, you know. I'd get in trouble for not doing my homework from either teachers or my mom would find out. But it was like it came down to it and I think I graduated high school with a 3.0 and yeah, you know,
4: which is good. I mean, like, it was
3: it was enough. Yeah, like I, I didn't I didn't care. Right.
0: Like, and you were cuz at, at that time like in high school when did sort of independent music come into your life? And like I mean before that, like what did you did you have any sort of aspirations? I'm like, yeah, like, I would love to do this. Or you're just kind of like, I still need to figure this out, like what I want to do in the world, so to speak.
3: Oh, I never, I, I mean, probably to this day still right. really, <laughs> really no, <know>, like, <laughs> yeah. um, I got, I mean, I got into punk in, when I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. so I was pretty young, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I didn't really un- know, understand or really know what it was. You just musically were
0: started to become, I mean, it all started
3: bit. because a friend of mine played me no doubt and sublime, right? Which sound weird, but, I mean... That's what's that's, happening
0: in Southern California. Yeah,
3: and then from that, I got into, you know, Bad Religion, No Effects, and Pennywise, and then it just, like, my whole world was, like... starting to become consumed with yeah.
0: that. And was, that was all, like, in junior high, and then kind of, as you were entering
3: high school, you were already, like, sort of... By the time I went to high school, I mean, I, like, I would buy every epitaph or, or fat release, mm-hmm. like... I mean, I, my, the first puncture I went to, I think it was in 95... But, I mean, it was no doubt Sublime, Gutter Mouth. Classic OC lineup. (laughs) Social Distortion, I think, played. Sadly, I did not watch them because they are awful. Right, because
0: you love Social Distortion.
3: Um, But, I mean, so going into high school, like, I was already invested.
0: Right. You had Liberty Spikes and everything?
3: No. I'm just kidding. I I wore stupid Dickies and a white t-shirt pretty much every day.
0: <laughs> so you kind of look, you you kind of looked like a skater kid in a way, like yeah. A way a we kid. had we had
3: our skate crew in middle school. Uh huh. Um, we would jump kids in and videotape it. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> jump kid. So the skate. How how big was your skate crew? Uh, probably like twenty of us. Oh wow. So then you legitimately jumped people in as far as I mean, terrible it would, things. It would
3: just no. We would just like, punch them right in the arms, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Or they they would you know face. They're you know, face towards the wall and you throw tennis ball at yeah, their we, back or something. Yeah.
3: Right. Nothing too nothing yeah. too crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were kids are scared of us. R- really? So you roll No, we, we rolled deep, but no one cared. <laughs> we, we weren't good enough at skateboarding. <laughs> straight
0: any... straight the numbers, but then it was like, yeah. Yo, these kids don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um and so then so like you're still playing sports in high school? Like did you play I played for soccer stadium? in high school. Okay.
3: And um, all four years no I didn't play my senior year because okay. I was I was an okay soccer player I might have made varsity mm-hmm. and but I was just like well I've got enough credits yeah. so screw it right <laughs> I, I don't want to be here later than I need to be You're right
0: did you do uh, did you do dances and everything like were, were I mean you said um, you were part of the sort of nerd contingent but you strike me as a person that would be able we, to...
3: we were only like we weren't nerds uh-huh. we were looked at nerds because we were in the the, the gifted program but like we definitely weren't like there were nerds and right. I mean we were skate we were just like skateboard kids but sure, we sure. Were, like there was a small small group of punk kids and it was our group of friends were like the punk kids at the high school got it so we were also the outsiders in that sense right but you know I would go to the dances like I had I had friends that were like all around like all across the school got in you know like the normal classes and like the other the different levels and stuff and mm-hmm. so like it wasn't like weird.
0: No. You weren't you weren't picked on because no. you were
3: right. No, um, when the dances sucked. <laughs> that, that's that's
0: the that's the one thing I I remember like because especially going in as a freshman where it was like the level of importance that's placed on dances like just because you know this either culturally or like once you get into high school where it's just like oh dude are you going to homecoming and I was like oh I don't I I guess I should care about this like yeah. and then once you actually I just remember distinctly like getting a fucking limousine. Like, yep. you know, the biggest waste of money. You were just like,
3: I asked, my parents just blew $100 in this thing. This was so stupid. Like, it drove me there and then it drove me home. Yeah. I didn't even get to do anything fun. Right. Like, yeah. It was always like the excitement leading up to it and then you get there and it's like, I don't dance. Like, right. what? <laughs> totally.
0: Like, what, what's exciting here? Yeah. It's only the setting. Like, I remember going to a dance where we were at Knott's Berry Farm and I was like, once, once you're done with the Two slow dances, you're that's all that people that aren't interested in dancing yeah. are in, then you just can't you know, go on the rides. But if, if you're like, hey, here's a ballroom. Rides? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Which is awesome.
3: The coolest one we went to was at the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Okay. But it was our school was so weird, it had I use it this term I use these terms loosely. Loose. A fraternity and two sororities. <laughs> and those were like the, the cool kids. And one of the <laughs> sororities was called they were called. I don't know what was
0: it officially recognized by the high no, school? No, no, no. Oh, okay, okay.
3: Uh, so they were just mimicking a, this, yeah. Oh, but my. they would do like hazing. And, oh hell, name. Like I, you know, the last thing would ever do was right. join what Sphinx, it? as it was called. They didn't even have like Greek. Like it was, yeah. Oh, God, I don't remember what the girls' ones were called, but the, one of them had put on a dance around Valentine's Day called the Sweetheart Dance. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like they put on a dance at the Queen Mary. Like, where do they get this money? Right, like uh, boosters. Like that's yeah. a lot of money, but. So it was at the Queen Mary, and that was cool. Except I threw my back out the week before, and I sat in the chair the entire night.
0: Yeah, that that, so is, that wasn't fun. That doesn't make for fun no. evenings. And so, um, so you obviously, like you said, you started to go to shows like freshman year. And so, is it one of those things where, like, you went to your first show and it was like, "That's it," like I am
3: all in. Yeah, it was like because it was. I mean, the I mean, if you want to get technical, the first I went to was Pantera, and my dad drove me. Which is incredible. Was it
0: so like was music like? Did your parents care about
3: music? Yeah, my, my I don't remember my mom. Yeah, being all about music. My dad was into like country, which is weird because knowing him, that's the last thing you would expect. Interesting, but, um, but I mean, they were like, you know, they saw you know, growing up, they saw like you know, the Longstones and the Doors, and they like they went. I mean, they were hippies, so like, right. I think they appreciated the fact that I was getting into music. So when I wanted to go see Pantera he was like, all right, but I gotta go. So it was me and my friend and my dad and he just sat in the lobby the whole time. Oh, okay. Um, that's funny. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, once I went to that, that show in 95, it just like opened the door and like from there, you know, going to see Pennywise and there was a show at the Pyramid in Cal State Long Beach. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like Blink and Lagwagon and like all these, these bands that, right. Um, you know, today, like it was, it was just a weird lineup, but it was cool. Right. Um, and yeah, it was just like my eyes open to like something completely different. Sure, because um, I got you know I've been listening to it now at that point for like four years, but seeing it and seeing like you know the energy and the the kids and the bands, it was like something I never expected. Right. Um, so yeah,
0: and so yeah, you were you were all in at that point, and then you started to obviously you started to get more into hardcore and adopted. Like, when did you start calling yourself straight edge officially?
3: Uh I don't have an exact date. Well, I, like, I know some people do. I know. But which, I, I was about 18. So, right. um, because it was, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know if my friends were late bloomers, but yeah. it was at about, I think it was around 16 or 17 that they discovered alcohol. Okay. And so, you know, every weekend, like we'd always, you know, hang out all together every weekend and then they would always get drunk and I would just, <laughs> I never like. You never felt a yeah, part of it. Yeah. And then, Did you try? Were you, were you originally kind of uh, like, yeah, I'll
0: have some drinks and like just to see what it's one like. One
3: night we senior year, early on senior year, I was, mm-hmm. I was seventeen and we were used to. This one girl's parents were one. It was those parents like, come over and party. As long as you know you're, we're, we're here. Then yeah. So I mean, every weekend it was just people getting annihilated. Wow. Um, and so one weekend I was like, maybe I want a drink. Mm-hmm. I had half a screwdriver. A <gasps> <the> screwdriver. <laughs> Cause that's what my parents drank. So I was like, well, that's what I'm, I guess. I'm, I
0: don't know. Oh, I'm like, no, I don't, because I, um, having that, like your own touchstone for alcohol is always 100% what your parents drink. Yep. Like that's
3: like the only, that's the only frame of reference you have. Yeah. So I, and I tell people that now and they're just like, yeah, you didn't like it. Cause it was a screwdriver. <laughs> right, it was like... But I, I drank half and I was like, this sucks. Like this tastes like <laughs> shitty orange juice. So I, that was it to this day <laughs> that's a bit did, did you feel drunk off that or you're no. just like no, oh, this is terrible yeah I was like this is this is gross right so, yeah. so
0: so at that that point that's when you started to like how how did you did straight up just come to you obviously by chance through music once uh, you started to i listen. mean i
3: knew like i i used to go to uh, a church camp every summer through elementary school and middle school it was like a week-long sleepover camp wow yeah. i did not know that yeah um and this kid
0: Dude, the camp camp must have been just, I mean, I, I, people still, like, I I love how that still exists, and it just blows
3: my mind, because it's like, I don't, I, it it was insane, the stuff we would do at that camp. Right. It was, we had a gambling ring set up in our room, like, it was, it was crazy, but a friend of mine there, he made me, he brought a, he, he made me a tape and brought it of, and it was Minor Threat, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I was in eighth grade, I must 13 or somewhere before 8th grade so I think I was 13 right um, and it had minor threats I was familiar with straight edge but I didn't really get into hardcore I mean it's the lines were so oh yeah um, for me I mean were so blurry back then like I you know I I had a sick of it all record but I would never didn't know they were hardcore like yeah I had an outspoken and you know mean season but in my eyes at that point you know 15 16 I was like this is a metal band right Um, and I got this the sick of it all CD through Columbia House (laughs) <laughs> the 90 cds for one penny yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um that's awesome so i i don't really remember where like what made me say like i'm gonna i'm straight edge like, right what prompted you to i remember that? like i went and saw good riddance at the showcase mm-hmm. and you know hardcore bands opened like actual hardcore bands and i was just like this is, is a thing this yeah. is like
0: a thing like something that's like you can reach and out so to from, yeah. from that it
3: was like kind of like would search out those bands and see when they were playing. I don't remember. I think one of the bands was called Kill Switch, and they turned into Show of Hands. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, yep. That's that's for the only thing I remember from that show. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but from that, it, like, that's where I would you know start going to hardcore shows and
0: right start to identify yourself, yeah. start to X up and yeah. I remember like because I totally sophomore year of high school is when I started to claim it, but it was totally like. I put straight edge on my backpack like you know wrote straight edge and wrote three X's below it honestly not realizing like how important it is to people yeah. like I just put that label on myself and then a dude who I was friends with that was like into punk comes up to me and he's like oh like oh you're straight edge now and I was like I was like, yeah and like he kind of was like sweating me like do you understand what this is he was because he was like a year or two older than me and so I was like oh oh shit like maybe I should do some more research
3: on this there was I remember or I remember I was on AOL yeah and I was talking to the only other straight edge kid I knew and I was like I was like hey like I think I told him I was like oh, I'm, you know, right. you know I'm straight I've claimed like, it like I'm straight and he was like repeat after me and he like he was joking right right but he like he, he typed out he's like the, the straight edge to uh, the Earth Crisis song The Discipline no,
0: of course it was fun that's incredible he
3: is no longer straight edge right. <laughs> <laughs> which that was probably that was probably going to be my next question where
0: it's like yeah how many of those people that obviously yeah.
3: I mean I, it was weird in high school because he went to my high school but he was like he was super weird yeah so I, he, I there was really I had no straight edge friends mm-hmm. that I hung out with on a regular basis yeah until like second year college first year of college right um, and then at that point I had I think two but they both lived in Santa Barbara right
0: It wasn't someone you were going to regularly see. Um, And so then you started to, yeah, go to college and do all that. And you were studying communications? Communications. Yes, that is a very general and safe major in order to keep parents appeased. And so where did you, uh, you were working, I
3: presume, at this time? Uh, When I started college, I don't, because after my dad died, I was was working at CompUSA and it sucked. (laughs) <laughs> For those who out there, I don't even know if anyone remembers. <laughs> yeah, but, I remember the store, but yeah. Uh, so I quit there and started working at a little grocery store across from my house. Um, and then I, I don't think I was really working my first couple years in college and I needed a new car. Yeah. I was like, get a job and I'll buy you a car. Oh, nice. Like, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a deal. Um, so I got a job at Michael's. Which was, which was also...
1: The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome
4: to Bird.
0: It's funny because it's like, you've always been able to have jobs that don't obviously directly relate to your passion within music. And it's like, you've always traveled parallel to it. I mean, obviously yeah. you've dipped into it with, you know, us working at the record label and stuff like that. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, you've always, you're just like, yeah, I'm just slogging through this thing just in order to fund
3: everything that I'm yeah. doing. Like Um, I just remember I did have a job. I delivered pizza. Yes. That was, that was... Before, must have been before Bionic, yeah. But that was with my mom's second husband, who also died, right? Who uh, was where uh, owned a Italian restaurant. Oh, okay, uh, so you're delivering for them, yeah. And then I quit, and then a week later, it got or no, a month month or two later, it got busted by the cops because the head cook was selling drugs out of the back, which I distinctly remember him selling coke out of the back, but. I was no longer there when it, <laughs> right. when it happened. You're like, no, I remember that existing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, why are people always coming to the back with money?
0: Right. Like this is, I don't think this is a normal. Yeah. Operating procedure for restaurants. But I did get to
3: make my own pizzas, so,
0: so that's it was cool. A, yeah, it was right. all right.
3: Yeah. It was a good trade off. Um, so, but after Michael's, uh, I would, you know, I'd shop at Bionic all the time, the record store, and
0: mm-hmm.
3: Brandon called me one day, who I went to middle school and high school with, and was like, hey we need someone to work here because someone else did something. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll speak about those that in general terms. Uh, yeah. He's like, would you want to come down and interview? So uh, obviously I said, yes. And right. left, left Michaels after a month and worked at Bionic for the next four years. Um, four years at Bionic? 2000 to 2000. It was Thanksgiving 2000 to May 2004. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah.
0: And I, I do... I mean, obviously, everybody always looks at the past very wistfully and like, oh, you know, like independent record store so great. And it's like I do I, I, because I, I still I still think that that feeling exists in some way, shape or form, like, you know, like getting recommendations from like Last FM or something yeah. like it, it exists, but it's like definitely just having that sort of human touch where it's like, you know, they're. If you haven't worked at a record store or haven't been a customer at a record store that's been sort of that regular where it's like, you know, you always know the people. It's just like, oh, that dude's going to come in. He's going to be interested in buying shit that sounds like these 10 bands Yeah, and like having that sort of.
3: It's weird to me that for the most part, like kids aren't, you know, the feeling of walking to a record store and hearing something being played and being like, what is this? Yeah. And then just buying it, you know, off the cuff because you heard them playing it. Right. I think that's, you know, it's, it's weird that that doesn't really exist. I mean, unless you want to go to Hot Topic, but, right, you know, they're, like, not,
0: but, Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, one would argue that, obviously, like, the experience, music is not what they're primarily selling yeah. at Hot well, Topic. Well,
3: even, like, going to, like, Amoeba, like, it, you don't have that. It was cool going to, you know, Bionic before I worked there, or, you know, mm-hmm. any small small store because you get that personal touch. Right. And you get to know the people that work there, and they get to know you, Like like you said, like, and other people walk in, and then you'd be like instantly like, "Hey, we just got these records in. You should check these things out." Yeah, and then you know they would they would trust your recommendations because totally. And then you know,
0: and the and also like the, I distinctly remember there's a certain level of intimidation going into stores like that too. Oh yeah, we were dicks, right? Where you had to like you real as a consumer and a customer, you had to like work the courage up to like be able to step in and be like, "All right, like I'm cool here. Like lay off, clerk guy." Like, yeah. You, had to, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, because it's not like, what retail environment should there be that mental process going to a customer? Like, But it's just like, that was kind
3: of part of it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were legitimately, there were people we were legitimately rude to. Right. Like, they would ask questions and just be like, <laughs> shut up. Like, what do you, Yeah, you know, it's clearly alphabetized, get off your ass and go find it. Right. Yeah, it was, but Yeah.
0: Um, and so, yeah, obviously where we met was through Bionic and everything. And then we, we moved in together. And then I remember how excited I was when you were able to tour with us, when I was like, Hey, do you want to come on the road and sell merch? Like, because I, that was something that obviously I know you'd always wanted to tour and kind of experience that side. Yeah. Um, and it like reflecting on that time and like looking at touring, for one, I'm sure there are obviously parts where you hated it, but for the most part, I presume that you enjoyed it. There was only one part that I hated.
3: <laughs> Which is completely fair. He's from Canada.
0: Right. <laughs> He's from Canada. It was a terrible, terrible experience. Um, but like, did, did that taste of touring like leave you wanting more from that perspective, or you be like... I got it like I got touring and like I don't know if I'd really want to like continue to do that cuz obviously it's a very distinct beast.
3: No I de- I definitely I mean I didn't really. Mm-hmm. You know I would you know weekends and stuff but those are Yeah. But no I definitely you know if if the opportunity had come up I would have done it. Right. Uh, I had a great time. Like, yeah. I mean it was just fun. Yeah. You know driving. Right. Driving doing more, more driving. driving. <laughs> a lot of a lot uh, of waiting. <laughs> It just, I mean, even this, like, the story, like, I still to this day tell stories from from that summer. I mean, specifically New Hampshire and, yes. and the night in somewhere in Massachusetts. Ooh, in
0: Massachusetts, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, those those memories will, like, forever be with me that, mm-hmm. um, you know. Never would have got elsewhere. No. Like, that's not going to happen <laughs> in Long Beach. Well, <laughs> I guess we were, no, we were still in Long Beach then. That's, yeah, yeah.
0: We yeah. totally were. Um And so then as, obviously, when we were on tour together and we had to make, because we were living in Long Beach together, and had to make the collective decision to find another place immediately, and that's where... Because my
3: selfish mom decided to
0: sell the house. Completely selfish mom decided to sell the house. Um, So that's obviously where the 6131 Records uh, moniker was was born. Yes. From uh, my mom being so gracious as to help us out finding a place. Force, Force it to let us move in. (laughs) Totally. <laughs> to be able to rent to th- three, uh, you know, like, like, yeah, we were early 20s at the time. Twenty-two, Brandon yeah. was 20. Was, yeah, 21, 22,
3: 23.
0: Right. So early, yeah, early 20s and to be able to, I just, it's funny because I, I never like hearing my mom's horror stories of like, yeah, I'd be calling these people and they would legitimately hang up on me. It's just like, oh yeah, I guess like as a tenant, you don't want these delinquent early 20 yeah. year olds, but then.
3: Just having to like they don't drink, they right. don't party. Yeah,
0: like, sure. Yeah. I think everybody says that in their application. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, obviously fast forwarding to uh, the record label and you obviously wanting to be involved from that perspective, you know, like the, I mean, obviously I existed around it and sort of in its early inception. Um, but, you know, what What made you want to be like, yo, I want to waste my money with record label. Because, I mean, initially that's what it's like. Yo, yeah. <laughs> Initially. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. Yes. I, it's something that never even like really crossed my mind. Right. Um, but it was just like, you know, we would have bands stay at our house all the time. Mm-hmm. And, we'd, you know, we'd become good friends with them and Sinking Ships was at the house one time and we're just like, hey, we need our CD repressed. You guys should like, you know, to the roommates, you should start the label and just put it out. Right. And I don't know, Bob Shedd was like, Kenry's like, do you want to do it? I'm like, Sure. And I was like, what should we call it? And he's like, uh, 6131, obviously. Right. like, okay. There we go. Perfect. Um. So yeah, it was never like, I mean, had that not happened, like who knows if it, you know, it would have started, but that's kind of was the catalyst behind it. And, mm-hmm. then, and then it was just kind of like, oh, you know, our friends, like, you know, we did a force of change seven inch. and Right. Uh, you know, uh, outbreak would stay at our house all the time and when Cruel Hands started, um... Like, oh, we should, you know, we'll do the cool hand record or just think, you know, doing stuff for friends, but never really. Right. When did you feel, when did you feel the switch of like, cause
0: yeah, I mean, most obviously independent labels start like that where it's just like, oh yeah, yeah. like just releasing shit from friends and then, you know, friends of friends and other people that you do trust and music you do like or whatever. When did you feel like it sort of turned the corner for you to where people obviously started to recognize it on a more national level and like where it's like oh wow like 6131 is a legitimate from, even if it's like legitimate from like oh wow like 6131 actually like we've we've sold out of this pressing or we made money or whatever or if it was just that that general feeling of like oh wow like that's when the
3: I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the the moment where it kind of became to me, something a little more serious, yeah, was when, like, we put out that permanent LP mm-hmm. because that was a band where we didn't know anyone. That was the first band like we didn't know anyone involved, right? Um,
0: they and they just wanted to work with you based on like we
3: we heard some songs on I think MySpace, or right, something. right, mp 3com uh, <laughs> and then just emailed them and was like, hey, do you guys want to do something? And like, yeah, we have a rec an LP ready, and it was like, okay, right, and so they were like the first outsider band yeah not from that point it was like you know pressure and cool mm-hmm. and it's, you know stuff like that um i guess the first you know maybe it was when we did the the down to nothing 50 lions split
4: mm-hmm.
3: um just because down at that point down to nothing was you know they were a you know hype band and like sure i that you know that was that was the first record where kids i think actively like sought it out right um
0: where it's like you put it, you put a pre-orders, and they're like, oh wow, like
3: kids yeah. are actually, yeah, we got a pre-order matters, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and so I, I think that I don't I'm trying to go through the catalog, and that's
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you I mean, you're gonna have those little mile markers where it's like, oh wow, like that yeah. was happening, like it's crazy.
3: And the, I mean, like, it, I mean, maybe you know, and then a, you know, I think it was 2000 because we started in 2006, mm-hmm. and it was I think on 2007, 2008 where we, you know, we we did. Alpha and Omega, oh, that's probably 2008. Alpha and Omega, Six. first seven inch, the mm-hmm. first rotting, or I guess the, the second rotting out, seven right. seven inch. Right. And uh, the Bad Seed, seven inch. Maybe it was the Bad Seed, seven inch, because they were at that point, were like the ultimate, like, yeah, everyone, I need this band. Right. I need this record. <laughs> um, Who's going to put it out? And then, you know, and that was, yeah, I would say Bad Seed. Yeah. It was the, maybe the, the, ultimate turning point where people were like oh people actually pay attention to what we're doing Uh Um, yeah
0: it's I mean arguably your most definitive release in regards to a national perception is like I mean the Touche full length like I mean retroactively oh yeah I
3: mean when that was I mean Jeremy's been you know one of my best friends for I mean I've met him through you yeah 11 years 11 years I mean I don't even remember yeah and they were having trouble finding, you know, getting someone to press out the record, and I was like, "Dude, I'll do it." And right? I was like, really? Yeah. I was like, yeah. And then, you know, it just kind of right snowballed from there. Yeah. Um, which from you know doing, yeah, that was probably that was like I think the one that's still to this day. Well, like, yeah,
0: exactly. Like that, that because there's always going to be one really, especially like from a sort of full length perspective, where it's just like. We have arrived and like not in a, you know, egotistical sense, but just like, okay, people are going to reference that, you know, just, just as people are going to do with no sleep where it's like wonder Years, like, yeah. Oh my God. Like those, what are no sleep? Or it's like, oh, six, one, three, one and two. Yeah. It's like, that's going to be that sort of earmark. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously now that you are, you're, you're older within the hardcore scene. Yes as most people are that stay involved for as long as people like you and I have, um, the, and obviously because, you know, you and I both do sound and fury and there's a lot of stuff that, you know, people have to make those decisions within their lives to like go one of two ways where it's just like, all right, I'm growing older. I need to, there's, you know, real life shit I got to take care of. And like, I can't care about this as much, like for whatever reason, like external pressures, and then, obviously, there's people like you and I where it's like, even if we have external pressures, like, we're still involved with this because we just can't, yeah you know, leave it or whatever. What, what obviously, uh, what what makes you still continue down that path when, obviously, you can you and I could both easily just, like, flip the switch and be like, oh, yeah, see you later. We gotta leave that shit.
3: Honestly, just, I think, the idea of not doing it. Like, what would I do? Like, I, I look... For- I like putting out records. Right. I like finding new bands. I like, you know, getting a test press and being able to listen to it. And it's like, if that were just to go away, I would. It would just feel like like this emptiness of like, well, yeah. What do I do now? Right. Like, I mean, it's it's tough, and there's times where it's like, I just want. I'm just kind of like, I'm over this. Like, it's yeah, it's yeah. hard. But then, you know, some a little like the littlest thing will happen. Like, you know, a, a kid will place an order and buy like five different six and 300 releases Mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh, Oh, that's why. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. You always go through ebbs and flows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What is your, um, and obviously because you know, your, um, your mom has very little context for everything you've done within that. Like once you started to do things that were against the grain from her perspective, like, I mean, from my, my impression that she's always been supportive, but just like, like, Whoa, it's kind of weird. Like, how how has she been able to sort of reconcile all that, knowing that it's not a trend in your life like, now?
3: She's—I don't know. Like, she—I don't think she really grasps it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with like it all. I mean, when you know, she when I was like, you know, I told my mom I was straighted whenever that was, and it was lot, of course it was around the time of like you know the, the Fox News report and oh, yeah, yeah. all the Salt Lake City stuff, and she was just like, oh. Straight it is good. And you could just tell that there was this hesitation of like, what is my son doing? Like, right. Like, this is bad. Yeah. Um, but with the label, I don't think she really gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's so, I don't know. I mean, I think she thinks, you know, it's a hobby, which it is. Yeah, um, But...
0: But just, like, the tra- obviously, like, the travels that you've been able to do and, like, sort of the many random experiences that you've had all directly related to hardcore, like, she just kind of... I,
3: I think she just thinks it's just my friends. Like, doesn't really put the music as, as yeah. part of it. I don't really know. Yeah. Um. Like, Sound and Fury, like, I think she gets a little more just because... Especially after, you know, the infamous incident in 2010, where of course. there was, like... You could search it. Like, I mean, you could search it on the internet now and, like, you know, Sound of Fury comes up. But, like, you know, the week after right. that, you know, it happened, it was everywhere. You know, not everywhere. Right, it wasn't right. Like, you know, yeah,
0: music was picking it up. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, it, it was... Yeah. It was visible within our scene. Like,
3: and she was just kind of like, oh, like, maybe this is... Right. You know... And Something it, legitimate. Yeah. Um, I mean, she would obviously never come right. and, like, you know, actually <laughs> yeah, yeah, see yeah. it, but... I think that I think that she gets more than the label, right, right, right. Um, but she's
0: generally like she just because it doesn't impact you know your professional output. She's pretty much just like oh yeah,
3: like Joey Joey's yeah, having fun with this. She does cool. No, she's not like I think it's time you need to grow up. That's good. Like, yeah. I haven't gotten that speech. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's that's funny
0: that she's just kind of like oh yeah, like that can that can be over there. And... Yeah,
3: I mean like that's the that's what I get from it. I mean she could have something completely that <laughs> she, she just completely... hasn't expressed to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Um and sort of now now moving into sort of the next proverbial chapter of your life, because you know, you are uh impending nuptials are happening yes. and you are you are doing things um, you know, uh I I like to frame it as doing adult like things, but essentially you're still the same person because yeah. obviously there are people that, you know, they they do those things and then they lose parts of themselves just because that's, you know, I guess what you're supposed to do in life. Yeah. Um so like where do you uh you know where do you where do you want to see yourself in regards to like like you said you're you're still trying to find out what it is yeah. that you want to do quote I mean, unquote.
3: in a perfect world, six would be my job yeah yeah. It's, it's not I mean I see it it could potentially get there, sure, in the next you know, yeah, a couple of years like, but at this point it's not, but so I guess the end goal is right is that tussle to make that happen yeah, yeah um. But I mean, as of now, like just working for that.
0: Yeah. And, Whatever means necessary to get you to that. Yeah. 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 That's that's the, that's obviously what you. I mean, been working towards. Yeah.
3: And I mean, again, it's never. I mean, if it doesn't get there, it's not like this was a failure. Right. If it does, cool. Like I'm probably, you know, I don't foresee stopping anytime soon.
0: Right. Right. Um, well, and you've always you've always been um, realistic about everything within your life as far as um you you don't pin everything on one thing you know where it's like there there are people that and i mean obviously it you know it can suit people to a certain extent where they're just like if i don't achieve this fuck like oh my god what am i gonna do it's like you've always been sort of you know realistic from that perspective where it's like oh yeah like
3: like i can i can step back and just be like at the end of the day like you know for the most part like it's a hardcore label yeah like it's not, you know, there are very few hardcore labels that do this full time. Sure. If it gets there, great. If it doesn't, have right. a good one. Right. <laughs> I have lots of cool records.
0: I got great test presses I could sell yeah. one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a more appropriate, it could not be a more appropriate place to leave things off. So uh, cool. I, I appreciate you uh, hanging out.
3: And, Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, it is uh it, it was fun because even people that have known us or people like us who have known each other for years could still find things to talk yeah. about in each other's lives. Exactly. <laughs> there you have it, everybody. Uh, I enjoyed it. That was fun. Even though I've, like I said, I've known Joy for years, we were still able to talk about stuff that not even I knew. So, uh, yeah, come back next Tuesday for a, another brand spanking new episode. Visit propertyofzack.com. And if you want to find out more about Joey's label, it's 6131records.com. And, um, yeah, I'll see you next week. Be safe.